Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Wikipedia page for Tencent Beer Night. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. And I'm Victor Vernado, KSN, reminding you all to subscribe. Because if you do, I'll invite you to Tencent Beer Night. Oh my gosh. That's right. What a deal. Subscribe. And also, this episode was suggested once again by my brother, Jeffrey Teichman. Thanks, Jeffrey. Yeah. Tencent Beer Night. Ten Cent Beer Night was a promotion held by Major League Baseball's Cleveland Indians during a game against the Texas Rangers at Cleveland Stadium on Tuesday, June 4th, 1974. The promotion was meant to improve attendance at the game by offering cups of low-alcohol beer for just 10 cents each, equivalent to 59 cents in 2022. A substantial discount on the regular price of 65 cents, equivalent to $3.86 in 2022, with a limit of six beers per purchase, but with no limit on the number of purchases made during the game. Six days earlier, the Indians and the Rangers had been involved in a widely publicized bench-clearing brawl. The game therefore drew a rowdy and belligerent crowd as the game proceeded, on-filled incidents and massive alcohol consumption further agitated the audience, many of whom threw lit firecrackers streaked across the plague field and openly smoked marijuana. Most sober fans departed early, leaving an increasingly drunk and unruly mob behind. 
Continued degradation of the game culminated in a riot in the ninth inning when fans rushed the field. Players were forced to protect themselves with bats while retreating from the field. Chief umpire Nestor Chylock declared the game to be forfeited in Texas's favor due to the mob's uncontrollable behavior. I can't believe I missed the golden age of baseball. I want to go to a baseball game like this. I don't know if that is the golden age of baseball. Also, I don't know what you're referring to as the golden age of baseball. I'm referring to baseball games where riots like this one can break out as the golden age of baseball. Okay, so the golden age of baseball isn't a time in your case. It's just you want to see baseball fights. And that's what you're calling the golden age when people fight. Specifically at baseball games, inebriated and streaking across the, the field. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, I was right. Your definition of golden age was very different than what I usually hear it as. Background. The Indians had previously held such promotions without incident, beginning with Nickel Beer Day in 1971. However, a bench-clearing brawl during the team's last meeting one week earlier at Arlington Stadium in Texas angered many Indians fans who then harbored a grudge against the Rangers. The trouble at Arlington began in the bottom of the fourth inning with a walk to the Rangers' Tom Grave, followed by a Lenny Randall single. The next batter hit what should have been a double play ball to Indians third baseman John Lowenstein. Lowenstein stepped on third base to retire Grieve and threw the ball to second base for the second out, but Randall disrupted the play with the hard slide into second baseman Jack Broemer. The Indians retaliated in the bottom of the eighth when pitcher Milt Wilcox threw behind Randall's legs. Randall eventually laid down a bunt. When Wilcox fielded the ball and tagged Randall out, Randall hit him with his forearm. Indians first baseman John Ellis responded by punching Randall, and both benches emptied for a brawl. After the brawl was broken up, as Indians players and coaches returned to the dugout, they were struck by food and beer hurled by Rangers fans. Catcher Dave Duncan had to be restrained from entering the stands to fight the fans. The game was not suspended or forfeited. No players from either team were ejected, and the Rangers won 3-0. After the game, a Cleveland reporter asked Rangers manager Billy Martin, Are you going to take your armor to Cleveland? To which Martin replied, Nah, they won't have enough fans there to worry about. During the week leading up to the team's next meeting in Cleveland, sports radio talk show host Pete Franklin and Indians radio announcer Joe Tate made comments that fueled the fans' animosity toward the Rangers. In addition, the plane dealer printed a cartoon the day of the game showing Chief Wahoo holding a pair of boxing gloves with the caption, Be ready for anything. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you spread violence at the baseball game. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for listening to that message. And good riddance, Chief Wahoo. <laughs> yeah. Chief Wahoo, I don't know if everybody knows, but... He is the former Cleveland Indians mascot or franchise character, and he's very racist. I I felt dirty saying his name. (laughs) The game. Problems from the beginning. Six days after the brawl in Texas, Cleveland's 10-cent beer night promotion drew 25,134 fans to Cleveland Stadium for the Tuesday night game, twice the number expected. 12 fluid-ounce, 355-millimeter cups of beer were offered for just 10 cents each, a substantial discount on the regular price of 65 cents, with a limit of six beers per purchase, but with no limit on the number of purchases made during the game. The Rangers quickly took a 5-1 to lead. Meanwhile, throughout the game, the increasingly inebriated crowd grew more and more unruly. Early in the game, Cleveland's Laren Lee hit a line drive into the stomach of Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins, after which Jenkins dropped to the ground. Fans in the upper deck of the stadium cheered, then chanted, hit him again, hit him again, harder, harder. A woman ran out to the Indians on deck circle, flashed her breasts, and then tried to kiss umpire Nestor Chilak, who was not in a kissing mood. As Grieve hit his second home run of the game, a naked man sprinted to second base and (laughs) slid in, probably getting dirt in places unsuitable for speculation, in the words of one sports writer. One inning later, a father and son pair ran onto the outfield and mooned the fans in the bleachers. (laughs) So this is like, wait, what inning was this now? This is like the fifth inning? (laughs) Are they Uh, still going? Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, so it looks like early in the game, I don't know exactly where, but it seems like uh, it's just getting worse and worse and the game is just continuing. I'm here for it. Although it is not clear why, hundreds of fans had brought firecrackers, which they set off in the stands at random, lending the game a war zone ambiance that would seem increasingly appropriate. As the game progressed, more fans ran onto the field and caused problems. Ranger first baseman Mike Hargrove was pelted with hot dogs and spit, and at one point was nearly struck by an empty gallon jug of Thunderbird. That's uh, wine. Yeah, I had to hover over, and it's actually uh, mid-2020, which is interesting. The Rangers later argued a call in which Lee was called safe in a close play at third base, spiking Jenkins with his cleats in the process and forcing him to leave the game. The Rangers' angry response to this call enraged Cleveland fans, who again began throwing objects onto the field. Someone tossed lit firecrackers into the Rangers' bullpen, an atmosphere made hazy by clouds of exploded gunpowder and marijuana smoke, 
contributed to the unsettling mood. How did hundreds of people decide to bring firecrackers? Do you think that was like a predetermined action? I don't know. I mean, it seems unlikely that it was a coincidence. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) That would never happen today. They would be labeled as terrorists and never let into the stadium. I don't think you're correct at all. I mean, yes, everything is tight. It's not that tight. I think that drunk sports fans will always be doing drunk sports fan stuff. I know, but I mean, specifically sneaking in firecrackers, that just couldn't happen now. I think you're incorrect in that because people sneak firecrackers places all the time. I I mean, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe I am. By the seventh inning, families and those fans who remained sober had mostly left the ballpark. The remaining crowd continued to grow drunken. As sports writer Paul Jackson described in a 2008 article on the event, Early on, the demand for beer surpassed the Indians' capacity to ferry it to concession stands and a luminary, perhaps the same person who suggested the promotion in the first place, decided to allow fans to line up behind the outfilled fences and have their cups filled directly from Stroh's company trucks. The promotion achieved critical mass at that moment as weaving, hooting cues of people refilled via industrial spigots. In the bottom of the ninth, the Indians managed to rally, tying the game 5-5, to and had Rusty Torres on second base representing the potential winning run. However, with a crowd that had been drinking heavily for nine innings, the situation finally came to a head. The riot. Finally, everybody, here we go. The riot. After the Indians had managed to tie the game, a 19-year-old fan named Terry Yurkick ran onto the field and attempted to steal Texas outfielder Jeff Burroughs' cap. Confronting the fan, Burroughs tripped. Thinking that Burroughs had been attacked, Texas manager Billy Martin charged onto the field with his players right behind, some wielding bats. A large number of intoxicated fans, some armed with knives, chains, and clubs fashioned from portions of stadium seats that they had torn apart, surged onto the field, and others hurled bottles from the stands. 200 fans surrounded the 25 Rangers, with more fans coming. Realizing that the Rangers' lives might be in danger, Cleveland manager Ken Aspromonte ordered his players to grab bats and help the Rangers attacking the team's own fans in the process. Rioters began throwing steel folding chairs, and Cleveland relief pitcher Tom Hilgendorf was hit in the head by one of them. Hargrove, after subduing one rioter in a fistfight, had to fight another on his way back to the Texas dugout. The two teams retreated off the field through the dugouts in groups, with players protecting each other. I'm glad that the teams got together and protected themselves, you know, to protect each other. I mean, yeah, like they're just showing up. They're trying to do their job. This is their career. Yeah. And they're just being attacked at work. What an occupational hazard. The teams fled into their clubhouses and closed and locked the doors. The crowd pulled up and stole the bases and anything else it found. Rioters threw a vast array of objects, including cups, rocks, bottles, batteries from radios, hot dogs, popcorn containers, and folding chairs. 
umpire crew chief Chilak, realizing that order would not be restored in a timely fashion, forfeited the game to Texas. He, too, was a victim of the rioters as one struck and cut his head with part of a stadium seat and his hand was cut by a thrown rock. He later called the fans uncontrollable beasts and stated that he'd never seen anything like what had happened, except in a zoo. I've never seen this kind of behavior in a zoo. The rioting continued for 20 minutes. As Joe Tate and Herb Score called the riot live on radio, Score mentioned the security guard's inability to handle the crowd. Tate said, Aw, this is absolute tragedy. The Cleveland Division of Police finally arrived to restore order, arresting nine fans. Indians players escorted the Rangers to the team bus. A local sports writer, Dan Coughlin of the Chronicle Telegram, attempted to interview fans, but was punched in the face twice. I wonder if that was like in succession or like he got punched in the face once and then was still trying to interview somebody else and then another person punched him in the face. I like to think it was twice. It is twice. That's what I mean. Did. I meant like I meant like like another person. Your second oh, example. Got it. I see. Cleveland general manager Phil Seggy blamed the umpires for losing control of the game. The Sporting News wrote that quote. Seggy's perspective might have been different had he been in Chilak shoes in the midst of knife-wielding, bottle-throwing, chair-tossing, fist-swinging drunks. American lead president Lee McPhail commented, quote, There was no question that beer played a part in the riot. Unquote, thank you, America. <laughs> The next beer night promotion on July 18th attracted 41,848 fans with beer again selling for 10 cents per cup, but with a limit of two cups per person at the reduced price. Notable attendees. Among the Indians players fleeing was outfielder Rusty Torres. In his career, Torres wound up seeing three big league baseball riots close up, all of which resulted in forfeits. In addition to this game, he had been with the New York Yankees at the Senators' final game in Washington in 1971, and he would be with the Chicago White Sox during the infamous Disco Demolition Night in 1979. NBC newscaster Tim Russert, then a student at the Cleveland Marshall College of Law, attended the game. Quote, I went with $2 in my pocket, recalled the Meet the Press host. You do the math. You do the math. Well, I did like this article. Lots of great stuff. I don't like the phrase, you do the math. I'll tell you why. Because it's giving homework to other people. No, don't give me homework. Don't tell me you do the math. You know what? If you want math, you do it. You do the math. I'm not not doing the math. You do the math. Exactly. I'm not doing the math. I'm not doing the math. No, you do the math. You do the math. This has been the Wikipedia page for Ten Cent Beer Night. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your math homework. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We'll read it. You do the math. No, you. <laughs>